chosen or I don't know something. <laughs> Good job, you made it safely. Um, we are also broadcasting on Facebook today, so those who are watching, we welcome you as well. Um, but it's great to see you and this beautiful snow we're having. I, I love it, so I hope you have been too. I invite you to stand as you're able. We will begin by confessing our sin before God, and I also, with a heavy heart, wanted to let you know that Edie McKelvey passed away this morning. So, um, in peace, surrounded by loved ones, and um, I just wanted to let you know, and when we have details of her service, we will let you know. So, we begin our worship in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Trinity. One God who spoke light into creation, who calls us to listen and follow, who sends us to shine like stars. Let us come before God, confessing our sin with the assurance of God's grace and mercy. Holy and merciful God, we confess that we are captives to sin. And cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your. Mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us and for his sake. God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you that in the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Amen.
Would you stop and take a trip? Oh.
The Lord be with you. Most holy God, the earth is filled with your glory, and before you angels and saints stand in awe. Enlarge our vision to see your power at work in the world, and by your grace make us heralds of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. And I see we've got a few kids here, so let's do us a children's sermon. I thought I saw a couple of... Come on up, come on up. Come on up. Yeah. Okay. Well, come on. Come on. That's all right. Just one. That's good. Sit right here. Tell me your name again. Tegan, yeah. Tegan and I are going to do a little children's sermon here. All right. Oh, there, I thought that we had another one. Come on. There we go. That a girl. All right. So, um, how do you like in the snow? You like the snow? Have you done anything fun? Made snow angels. Very cool. Did you do anything in the snow yesterday? What did you do? You skied in the backyard. Whoa. Wait. We're not worthy, Dad. That's really, that's really good. That's really good. Um, what, so, obviously, having a lot of snow is fun. And, um, but there's some other interesting things. What else does the snow cause around here? What, what does it make us do? Do you know? Things to think about? Do you get to go to school? Sometimes you don't. Is that good or bad? Good. Good? Okay. Yeah, once in a while it's good, isn't it? You know, I, I thought I'd take this opportunity and also welcome to a lot of folks here today whose churches couldn't have a service, and we're so glad that you could make it to, to Silverdale Lutheran today. Um, you know what's, I've been thinking about this snow thing, and you know what snow makes us do? It makes us stop and not do anything. I mean, you can't get out on the roads, you're not supposed to, you can't go to school. I mean, we did manage to have a worship service, but it kind of gives us permission. Can you say permission? Permission. Good. It kind of gives us permission to rest if we take it. And it gave me a thought. You know, that's what Sundays, maybe Sundays, it could be other days, God wanted us to have times of rest. But in our culture, it's go, 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 do, 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 all the time, never stop. It used to be Nothing happened on Sundays. Do you know that? Other than church. That's the way it used to be. You, there were not stores open. There weren't anything that went on. And it kind of was like a snow day. Because, you know, you didn't have anything else to do but go to church and hang out with people. And then play. That's right. Because play's right. So, I just thought we'd start today by just thanking God for some rest. And let this snow remind us that, you know, we're supposed to have times of rest in our lives because we need it. And so that's what Sunday's about, but it can happen during the week. It can happen lots of times. It's okay just to rest. And God kind of made, made us for that. So anyway, all right, great. Let's, let's say a prayer. Gracious and loving God, thank you for these children. Bless them and bless us all this day on this snowy day. Um, and be with everyone, and we give thanks for the promise that we can have permission to rest. And so give us that rest in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, guys.
The first reading is from the sixth chapter of Isaiah. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lofty, and the hem of his robe filled the temple. Seraphs were in attendance above him. Each had six wings. With two they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The pivots on the threshold shook at the voices of those who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphs flew to me, holding a live coal that had been taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. The seraph touched my mouth with it and said, Now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed, and your sin is blotted out. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. The word of the Lord. The second reading is from the first chapter, is from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now I would remind you, brothers and sisters, of the good news that I proclaim to you, which you in turn received, in which you also stand, through which also you are being saved if you hold firmly to the message that I proclaim to you, unless you have come to believe in vain. For I handed on to you as of first importance that which I in turn had received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers and sisters at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he appeared to James and to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unfit to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me has not been in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we proclaim, and so you have come to believe. The word of the Lord. while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret, and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. 
When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long but have caught nothing. Yet if you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled the partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching people. When they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. This is such an exciting opportunity, since God has made us have some Sabbath, that you've got nowhere to go. So, you know, I don't know, 45 minutes for a sermon? Don't worry, it's all right. It's going to start snowing again, so we can't go too long, right? Hey, let's, let's pray. Gracious and loving God, give us your Holy Spirit that we encounter your word this day. And thank you as your word has come to us already in our singing and in our scripture. Uh, may it come to us now, indeed, in these words. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I love in our gospel reading... Oh, no, I, fa- I, got, oh, I found it, found it, found it, found it. Thank you. Thank gosh. I couldn't find my sermon a minute ago, and man, everybody's on top of it. It's so amazing. Get him his sermon. Way to go. Way to go. Thank you, team. Um, So, I love how in the gospel reading today, the first thing we hear about is that everyone's pressing in, pressing in to hear Jesus. He's done a few things in Capernaum and in the Sea of Galilee area, and people are pressing in. Um, Let's get in on the story. What's going on with this guy, Jesus? People are being healed. He's preaching with power. We've That's really what we've heard in the Gospel of Luke in particular is that he preached in the synagogue and everybody was amazed. And then last week, after he included Gentiles in that preaching of the kingdom, that people wanted to throw him off a cliff. They do want to find out what's going on. We have been pressing in, haven't we? That's why we got up the hill today to hear from Jesus. But when I thought about this image of pressing in, I thought about how many people were pressed into grocery stores over the last few days. Snowmageddon or whatever. And it's a legitimate concern. We've got to get all of our things stocked up, but I was intrigued by seeing the lines down the aisles and the bare um, shelves. People were pressing in. They were pressed together. Um, I think about when you're pressed together trying to get into an entry to a big Seahawk game or a a big sporting event or concert where you all have to go through the security and everybody's pressing in. People were just that way with Jesus. They had converged together to hear him preach. And so, where are you today? 
Where are you when it comes to pressing in to hear God's word, to hear from Jesus? I think about what is the word of God, and it's clearly scripturally, as you look at that term in the New Testament, it's a message that Jesus gives. It's a message about Jesus, and it's even Jesus himself. And so here we are today, not so pressed in, but have worked hard to get here, to hear from Jesus. It made me think of why we show up at all on any given Sunday, or why we open up the Scriptures. You know, why, do we, why are we a part of a church community, a faith community, especially in these times and in our culture where it's really about entertainment? You know, it's about, uh, you know, you're a consumer. When it comes to churches, pastors, we... We struggle because, well, we've got to have this or that put together, and, and as church leadership, we've got to have these things, and it's a temptation to try and come up with all this more bells and whistles than the person down the street because we're in that culture, and people do that. They kind of shop church. You know, what, what meets my needs the best? And at a certain level, I'm not criticizing that. I mean, you want to find a church that fits and works for you. But ultimately, why we come together is to press in to hear the Word of God. That's what makes us who we are. In fact, in our own confessions as a Lutheran church, we say that if you preach the Word rightly and administer the sacraments rightly, that's the church. It's not a building. It's not an organization. It's not a hierarchical structure of power and authority. It's where's the word preached? And so that's what makes us a church. And so we do each Sunday come together to hear the word of God. We open our own Bibles at home to hear the word of God. We look forward to small group opportunities that we're already involved in or some new ones that are going to be offered to us starting today and in the next few weeks for us to plug in and press in to be community, to encounter the Word of God. That's why we're here. I just had to take this opportunity as people pressed in to hear Jesus to remind us why we're pressed in. How hungry are we to hear the Word of God? So what was happening for the people when they pressed in to hear the Word? Jesus, I love this. Peter, I'm getting in your boat. And Peter doesn't have much of a choice. And this guy, Jesus, and he doesn't, Peter doesn't have a lot of experience with him yet in the Gospel of Luke. Jesus kind of commandeers his boat. I'm going to use your boat. Let's press out into the shallow water just off from shore. We're going to make the Sea of Galilee a little amphitheater, and I'm going to teach. And so Jesus does that course, where are the disciples and the would-be disciples? They're washing their nets. They've been working hard all night fishing, which is what fishermen did in that day. They would work all night and come in and bring their harvest in. And this particular night, they had caught nothing, nothing. How are you doing with washing your nets? I mean, we're busy, aren't we, with washing our nets? 
taking care of the everyday, the ordinary stuff of life, getting the kids where they need to go, getting the bills paid, getting the groceries, getting the laundry done. We're busy washing our nets. And I just love that Jesus really doesn't even ask permission. He just gets into their boat. He gets into that boat, and, and I can't help but to think about how in the faith of our baptism that Jesus has just climbed into our lives. And that's why I love baptism of infants and children is because it makes it very clear that it isn't our choosing, it's God choosing of us, and that's what we believe happens in baptism. Jesus has gotten into our boat with all of our questions and struggles in this broken world where there's tragedies and loss and all kinds of difficult, vexing questions about how God is at work in the world, Jesus has simply gotten into our lives. And once he's there, he preaches and he teaches. And the exciting thing is that he'll use our boat, just like he used the disciples' boat, Peter's boat, as God's platform, as his platform to preach. And so I started thinking this week about how our lives, our boats, our assets, our um, education, our jobs, our families, our homes, our cars, our technology, all of our, all that we have, God gets into our boat and he's going to use it as a platform for God's word. Do you think about your life that way? Do you think about your life that the one reason I'm here is to be a platform for Almighty God, for Christ, to get His Word out to the world? God in Christ has gotten into our boat and He will use our lives as we relate to our kids or our parents or our grandparents or our neighbor next door or our classmates, our workmates. The folks that we rub shoulders with every day, God wants to use our life to be his platform. Oh, I've seen this happen in such powerful ways. I love our new little weekly newsletter. Are you opening it up? That love in action little email or you can click on and you can see how God is using us to get his word out into the world. I love the one recently with Julie um, as she volunteers to use her arms to rock babies down at the hospital who are born into this world addicted to drugs. I loved the one the week before where so many of our congregation are part of that Backpack for Kids program. God's using us to be a platform for His Word. I loved hearing about recently a conversation someone had with someone else at Starbucks who's pretty much agnostic and struggling with all kinds of questions. And I thought, you know what? As you're engaging with them in those conversations, God is using your life as a platform. Wow, thank goodness. And I could go on for a long time about love and action and how God has used this congregation and is using you as an individual to be his platform. Push out into the shallow water and Jesus will teach. He will teach through us, in us, with us. That's what our lives are about. But then something interesting happens in the story, doesn't it? Jesus is done preaching. And now 
again, you know, it's interesting, he doesn't ask Peter. Hey, Peter, would you think about, if you have time, if you're so inclined, push out into the deep water. He didn't ask to get in his boat, he just got in there. Now, Peter didn't kick him out, let's give him that. <laughs> and so now he's out there, and he says, now let's go back out into the deep water. And Peter, what does he say? Uh, Jesus, we've been doing this all night, we've not caught anything. And then I love this little phrase, but if you say so. Say that with me. If you say so. One more time. If you say so. Oh, man. Doesn't God's word come to us like that? In the midst of so many contradictions, things don't make sense. Why are you calling me to do this, God? Why do you want me to do this? And the act of faith in the midst of that is to simply respond like Peter did. If you say so. I'll do it. I mean, the greatest confession of faith in all the New Testament is where Mary says, let it be done with me according to your word. Peter doesn't quite say it as eloquently. He says, if you say so. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but a lot of times that's my confession of faith. If you say so. Like when I'm struggling with whether or not God is love, whether or not there is hope in this world, but in the resurrection Jesus says that God is love. He, I, God so loved the world, he gave his only son. He gave me to, to bring redemption to all the world. And sometimes I go, I don't see it. But you know what? At the, at the end of the day, if you say so, if you say so, sometimes God's call to us doesn't make sense. And it's certainly hard. I mean, we can talk about the blessings of being a Christian but sometimes being a Christian, following Christ to the cross, makes our life harder, if we're honest. The TV preachers might not tell you that. But I, I have to tell you that. Sometimes following Christ makes our life harder. We have to stick with relationships that we'd have typically just bailed on. We have to have some difficult discernment about that, of course. But we, we don't just get to look at the suffering around us and say, well, they made some bad decisions. I don't need to worry about them. Sometimes forgiving is hard. Sometimes following Christ, going out into the deep water, means sacrificing some of your time. <laughs> I'm not going any further on that one. I'll convict me. I'll be like, okay. Oh, man, it's... It, you know, it, it totally changes our priorities. Our culture says this is the priority, and our faith says, no, this is the prior priority of your life. I mean, what about first fruits giving? I mean, my goodness, you know, that doesn't seem to make sense. But God says, you know, give to me first, and I will provide. Push out into the deep water. I talked to a member. I couldn't believe they actually did this um, about a year ago, and they had heard us 
preaching a little bit on stewardship, and we don't do that a lot here as far as money go. We're not harping on money all the time. We harping about stewardship. We'd certainly do that. But heard in our stewardship emphasis about first fruits giving, he started and he and his wife started to give first fruits, and then they even said, we're going for a tithe. And now he said to me, ever since we've done that, Bill, our business has taken off. God is just so supplied for us. Now, don't hear me telling you do this so that God will provide, but it's like push out. It was hard for them. They pushed out into the deep water, and my goodness, look what happened. I don't know what God's calling you to do in pushing out into the deep water, but maybe something's coming up now. Where's that challenge? Where's that point that's a little scary, and it doesn't make sense, but God's calling me to step out, to row out there, into the deep water. Maybe it's the courage to actually invite someone you've been thinking about inviting to church. You know? Maybe, I don't know, what, what is it for you? Think about that for just a minute. What is the Spirit stirring you up in you that's that deep water place, that place where it doesn't make sense, I'm going to have to get out of my comfort zone, I'm going to have to do something different, I'm going to have to not be in my rut, I'm going to have to, maybe it is a small group, maybe it is I'm going to join a small group that's coming up, one of those offerings that we're hearing about. I don't know. But I think sometimes being a follower of Christ means if you say so, I'll do it. And then, interestingly enough, what happens? Peter goes out there, and you get this huge catch of, catch of fish. Let's get some more boats out here because it's breaking our nets. And we fill up the boats, and they're sinking, and we barely make it ashore. A theophany, as we call it. We're in the season of epiphany, which means revelation. And so what's the revelation of this text? Peter sees all these fish, and what does he do? I am unworthy. He does exactly what you heard Isaiah did when Isaiah was swept up in a vision to heaven and Isaiah sees God Almighty with the cherubim and seraphim and he sees this and he knows he's a person of unclean lips and if that was true, you would die in the presence of a holy God because we are unholy. Peter does the same thing. I'm an unworthy man and he kneels down. I won't kneel down. I might not get up. So... <laughs> But he kneels down and, he, and, and he, he responds to Jesus like you would if you were before Almighty God. And it's interesting oh, that Jesus does not say, Peter, get up, I'm just a man, stop it. Some of our hyper-modern scholars want to say that the church invented Jesus' divinity if this story has been passed along rightly, which I think it certainly has, Jesus accepts his homage. He accepts it. He doesn't deny it. He accepts being treated like God and then says, don't be afraid. Peter should be afraid. We should be afraid. But in the grace of God in Jesus Christ, we don't have to operate our lives in fear anymore. Get up. From now on, you're going to be fishing for people. I love the old translation in English. I will make you fishers of men, fishers of people. Because that verb, fishing, is actually, it literally means being caught up, um, being um, taken in control of something. 
That's really what that word means. It's not used very often in the New Testament. So I'm going to help you. I'm going to make you be someone that catches other people up in the kingdom of God. Um, wow. At this point, you might be wishing, just like Peter, um, I wish I could see that kind of catch of fish. Because if I could see that, I'd do just like Peter did. If I could see with my own eyes, I will follow Jesus, I will do exactly, I'll leave everything and follow him. If I could see something like that, well, I want to tell you that you have. Easter Sunday. Peter, at this point, didn't get to see what you've gotten to see, that the tomb is empty and Jesus appeared to hundreds of people. The tomb is empty and Jesus appeared. Jesus is raised from the dead to proclaim to you that he is God and that God is good and he loves us and he's called us to be people who get other people caught up in the kingdom of heaven and become fishers of people. It would be horrible if I ended this sermon without saying this to you. Because it's hard to catch people. It's hard to connect people to Christ. It's hard to engage people in conversation. And man, do we need to be challenged to do that in all of our congregations more and more. We're not having 10 kids anymore. We're only having 2.5 or 1.8 or whatever it is. And if we don't start engaging all these nuns, these people who are struggling to have faith, don't have faith, have misconceptions of what the church is, if we don't start engaging with them, um, we're not going to get very far. We've, we've got to start having those conversations and it's so so hard to do, but let's just pray today that the Holy Spirit will guide us in that. Let's let go of the anxiety and just say, Lord, use us. Um, we're going to go out into the deep water. Um, you've got our boat, God. Use it as you use our lives. Let it be your platform, and just let God, the Holy Spirit, do it. But here's the, the greatest news. Because we jumped it right away that we've got to help other people get into the net. Here's the good news. God in Christ has caught you up. Each and every one of you, God in Christ, has caught up into the net. And I look at these wonderful windows and there's crosses in them, but maybe they're also like a net. That we've been caught up into the net of Christ's kingdom and his love and his forgiveness and the promise of eternal life. That's the really good news that I want to end today with. Thanks be to God. He's caught us. He's captured us into his kingdom and he won't ever let us go. Amen.
Spirit through the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended to heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit. God of light, thank you for calling us to serve you as you called your first disciples. Help us to seek ways to love you and to love our neighbors. Deepen our connection to you so we can invite others to connect as well. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty God, in this cold and snowy weather, we pray for your protection. Be with those who don't have a home or adequate shelter. Keep us safe on the roads. Guide our schools as they determine the best way to keep our children safe. Be with those who plow our roads, restore our power, and keep our communities safe. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty God, we lift this church and our ministries up to you. Bless the marriage course and Sunday school, our youth and family ministries and small groups. Bless our music program and the outreach we do in this community. Let us all that we do reflect your light. Lord, in your mercy. God, we also bring before you Jim McKelvey and the death of Eve this morning and all of her loved ones as they mourn her loss. We pray for comfort and peace, and for the same for Wendy Kassler's sister, Ginny, and her husband, Josh, on the death of their newborn, Henry. Give them a sure and certain hope in the resurrection and the peace that truly does pass our understanding. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for Mary and his son-in-law, Mike, in his last days and ask that you would unite his family around them and reveal your presence to them. We pray for Roger, Patty, Karen, and Anne as they all recover from surgeries and ask for strength for their bodies and healing. So many we know and love are facing and battling cancer. We lift up to you Dave, Gail, Jim, Ron, Kathy, and Carol. And we do pray for protection for our deployed military and comfort and your spirit for their families here at home. Be with Eric, Megan, Jared, Andrew, and David. Lord, in your mercy. Now, God, we bring other names before you out loud or silent. Lord, in your mercy, into your hands we trust all for whom we pray, knowing that you hear us through Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And now may the peace of the Lord be with you all. And also with you. One another with God's peace.
give them a little lesson and some songs or whatever. Um, and we really need volunteers for this. And so I don't know if you would consider, we'll, do some, we'll train you. Um, you know, it's about 20 minutes or so, and there's a bunch of materials. You can have them do a little art project, maybe once every other month or something. But um, we're having trouble getting volunteers, and it's an important gift to families. Do you remember worshiping with a five-year-old? Did you hear the sermon? Probably not. So if you want to give parents a chance to hear the sermon, that would be great. Okay. Um, one other, before I turn things over to Marietta, we're going to wait and do her installation um, when there's a more of a full house. Um, but uh, just a loose guideline for um, activities this week. It looks like we've kind of got more and more snow. So if schools cancel, likely we will cancel our activities here. But do check your email regularly, and we'll keep that updated as much as we can. But um, want you to be safe. So, you know, marriage course tomorrow, if, if there's no school, we won't have that, things like that. So, go ahead, Mary Ann. Good morning. Pastor Bill thought there'd be 70 people here. I think there's a few more than 70. Yeah. Pretty excited about that. So, I'm Marietta. I'm the small group director here at um, Silverdale Lutheran and also soon to be your pastoral intern, although not this Sunday. I want to invite you this morning. This is the first day where our small group signups are open on our website. And so um, if you want to ponder questions about the Bible or faith, there's a group for that. If you like to sing, there's a group for that. If you like to play the ukulele, there's a group for that. <laughs> Justin might even teach you. Um, if you love your pet and the Bible, there's a group for that, right, Greg? Yeah, right? Um, so it's just a really exciting time here at Silverdale for small groups. We have a lot of wonderful small groups that already exist, and we have a bunch of really excited people who are starting new small groups. They meet periodically, um, weekly, every other week, monthly, really depends. And um, so I will be in the narthex after, after the service with um, paper signups. There's also a way to do it online, and you'll have an email in your inboxes this afternoon that will give you, if you're on our email list, that will give you a chance to sign up. If you have any questions, you can call me here at the church. And um, have I forgotten anything? All right, great, thank you. All right, with that, then we let us uh, continue our worship with our pledges and our offerings.
banquet hall is ready. Preparations are complete. Christ himself has spread the table. See how lavish is the feast. Everyone has been invited. There's enough to go around. Here the sweetest bread is given. Here the finest love is found. Here the sweetest bread is given. Here the finest love is found. Let us pray. God of all creation, all you have made is good and your love endures forever. You bring forth bread from the earth and fruit from the vine. Nourish us in these gifts that we might be your life and life through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior Jesus Christ. By the, healing of a, by the leading of a star, he was shown forth to all nations. In the waters of the Jordan, you proclaimed him your beloved Son. And in the miracle of water turned to wine, he revealed your glory. So with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, blessed it, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this with the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this in remembrance of me. Lord, remember us in your love and teach us to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. God's gifts have come to fill us with Christ's grace and presence. I invite you to be seated and to come forward as you're invited to the table.
invite you to rise as you're able. I also invite you to hum Amazing Grace on your way home since we didn't get to sing that. God of abundance, with this bread of life and cup of salvation, you have united us with Christ, making us one with all your people. Now send us forth in the power of your spirit that we may proclaim your redeeming love to the world and continue forever in the risen life of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Before we receive the benediction today, I do want to remind you that if you would like, there is there will be people here to uh, pray with you after the service if you have a need for that, but not just a need for, we all have a need for prayer, but if you have a Thanksgiving, if you have a transition um, that's coming up in your life or just need some guidance or discernment and want to pray with somebody about that, whatever the prayer might be, that time will be available uh, at the altar rail in the front following the service. Now may light and peace be yours through Jesus Christ. Let your light so shine before others that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen.
are grace-filled. Go in peace and serve the Lord.